Good morning. <laughs> oh, happy to see you all this morning. And like Yetunde rightly said, you are a loving people. And I pray that no one takes that away from you. I'm speaking as a black person in your midst. You are lovely people. The picture that we are given when we are out there is not the picture that I see when I come here. I see people who have been loved by God, and I see people who have learned to love people, no matter what color, what creed, what creatures they are. You love people. And for that, I would like to give glory to God, and I want you to clap hands for yourselves, because you love people. Right, I'm here to speak, so let me speak. Uh, this morning, um, I'm greatly humbled to be here. Now, Valeria's childhood friend is here. She has a friend. They were friends since they were kids. Now, she has paid us a surprise visit because she lives here. She has, she has been here. They've been here, actually, because they're married now. And Valeria had a part to play in their marriage. Apparently, I'm hearing stories, Jenny. So they've been here for almost 20 years now. And um, they have just come to say hi to us and to see us. So that's Godfrey and Ramwe. Uh, we, I, just want, I just thought maybe you might just want to know who they are. That's Valeria's childhood friend. Every secret, if you want to know anything about Valeria, that's the person to ask. Yeah, they laughed together, they cried together, they did all sorts of things together. We give glory to God for that. Okay, let's go into our message today. We're still on the Holy Spirit series, and today we are talking about transformation by renewal. Now, these two words, I love how Paul uses these two words in the script that's following, which we are going to be looking at today uh, on the next slide. Now, I found that if I speak using these slides, I think I make more sense. So I hope it will be like that today. So our scripture is coming from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And this is what Paul says, and this is the NIV version. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And all some one version says this is your reasonable service. And then verse 2 he says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will." Full stop. Now, we are talking about transformation by renewal. Now, Paul is aging us. In chapter 11, what Paul has done, now this is my second favorite book in the Bible after John. I read it all the time. Anytime I want, I just start reading the book of Romans because it talks about me. It talks about where God took us from. It talks about the mercy of God whereby we were not counted as worthy to be called his children. God wanted Israel. 
His focus was on Israel in the Old Testament. We all know about it. And Israel was sinning and God was sending deliverers, judges, kings, prophets, prophetesses. Until God sent his only begotten son. Now when Jesus came, Jesus was coming for his own household, the house of Israel. And John says in John chapter 1, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But then he says, but to as many as received him, to them he gave power to be called the children of God. Children born not out of the will of men, but out of the will of God. So in chapter 11, Paul says Israel rejected Jesus. And what God did was he cut them off from the olive tree. He cut that branch off. And then what he did is he grafted us in. We were the wild olive that was grafted into this olive. We were given a chance to come before him and to know him. So we are a chance people. You know, if you are given a chance, if a prisoner is given a chance to be free, I'm telling you, a normal prisoner will take that chance. You do not want to go back to prison. If, you are given, if we are giving you a chance to go free, do you want to take it? Only a fool will say, no, I want to go back to prison. I'm used to... No. We were given a chance of redemption. Paul says in the book of Ephesians, we who were far off at one time have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. And then he says in that book, now there's no longer Jew or Greek. We are one. So God literally made us one together with Jews, together with his chosen race. And now it's no longer about them alone, but it's now also about us. When Peter says, but we are a chosen generation, he's talking about them and us. We are also included. I am included. And I'm so glad that I'm included. I don't know about you, but every day of my life, I thank you, Paul and Ben. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been good. God has chosen us. But then Paul says, but be careful not to be puffed up. Because the same God who grafted you in is also able to take you out and take the original branch back in. He says, if God was able to take the original branch and graft in a wild branch, how much more can God take back that original branch and put it back? Israel will be saved. But I'm glad that when Israel will be saved, my name and your name will be in the Rocco in heaven. So he says now, in view of his mercy, I now urge you, my brothers and sisters, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. God is expecting us to offer our bodies. Now we have offered our souls. We have offered our spirit. He wants our bodies living, not dead, living sacrifices. A child of God is not expected to play dead because God and dead things are not in good books. That's why there's hell. Hell is there for the dead things to go to. God wants you alive. He wants your body alive. I hope someone can hear what I'm saying this morning. He wants you, your body, to be presented alive. And not only alive, but holy. Nathan was talking about holiness the other day here. God wants you to be holy. This is not a request. It's a command. 
God does not request people to be holy. Oh, the people of United Kingdom, if you have time, please be holy. He doesn't say that. He just says, be holy for I am holy. If you are to be my child, you have to be like me. Oh, it will be a worse thing for Eden to turn out like another person. He has to turn out like Nathan and Jenny because he is their child, their son. They are, these are their children. They turn up like their parents. They cannot turn up like their neighbors. That's why if your child says, oh, but it's our neighbor's house, they were doing this, you say, this is not your neighbor's house. This is our house. You do what we do here. So God expects us to do what he is, what he does. He's expecting to see the same things in us. So this morning I want to encourage you, let's stop playing dead. God wants you to be living. That's why Jesus was the worst funeral director ever to grace the face of the earth. Oh, he could not even direct his own funeral. I was talking yesterday to our friends uh, over, over Zoom meeting and I said, when Jesus saw the widow of Nain going to bury her own son, he could not bear it. He could have come and offered his console and condolences and say, I'm sorry, your only son is dead. I know it all happens to all of us. But Jesus was not like that. He was the worst, he is the worst funeral director. He stopped the people who were carrying the body and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the young man went home. That's what Jesus does. When he came to Lazarus' tomb, he did not say, oh, Lazarus has been dead four days. Oh, I, I'm late. I'm late. I'm sorry, Martha and Mary. I couldn't help it. I'm late. No. He says, take off the stone. Remove the stone. Because I am the resurrection and the life. So Jesus has raised us up from the dead. And what we were witnessing when Tiffany was being baptized was a raising up from the dead of our lives to new life. So now God wants your body alive and holy. This means your body must not be tainted with sin. He says to, to, to the Corinthians, this is Paul speaking, he says, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And whosoever defiles the temple, God will also destroy him. Now, I want to tell you something. I know the world is, is afraid of the wrath of the devil. That's why they make horror movies and do all sorts of stuff. They are afraid of the wrath of the devil. But I am afraid of the wrath of God. Because when the wrath of God comes, Jesus says, don't be afraid of him who after killing the body does nothing else. But be very afraid of him who after killing the body, he will take your soul and throw it into hell. That one, you must be afraid of him. Now, I'm not here to frighten you. So please relax. I'm just here to encourage you. God wants your body alive, holy, and acceptable. He says when you present your body, this is your true and proper worship. Which means God is not looking for lip service. God is looking for us to say, here I am. I like that song. It says, I give you my everything because you have been so good to me. Because all my life I have seen your goodness. So here is my everything. God does not want a little bit of you. He wants your everything. He wants all of you. He wants your hair. He wants your eyes. He wants your nose. He wants your limp. He wants everything. Not a piece should be left behind when it comes to serving God. I hope someone is following me. So afterwards he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now the next slide is going to show you an example of conforming. Now, this is conformity. I know you know that little guy. 
Now, that little guy is called Chameleon. Now, when we were young, back in Africa, we used to have plenty of these. Well, I've never seen one here. I don't know if they are here or not. I haven't come across one. I'm not sure. But in Africa, especially in summer, we had plenty of these guys. So what we used to do, me included, I was very notorious when I was a kid. We used to cut off the branch where they were sitting. And then we would, we would chase away our peers holding the branch with the chameleon. <laughs> right, but this is not what I want you to see about this guy. Now this guy is what I call a chameleon style of life. What we'll do with this guy is when he's in a tree, he's green. So we'll take him from the tree and put him on a brown surface. And then we watch him. After a few minutes, he would have turned brown. And then we'll remove him from there and put him on a yellow surface. And after a few minutes, he would have turned yellow. And then we'll remove him from there until it died of exhaustion. And when we saw it turning into black, we would know now life has come to an end. Because it would also die. We were young, we were pretty irresponsible, I know. <laughs> but what I'm saying about this guy is, when it comes to conformity, conformity is to be similar in form. It's to take the shape. You know, when you put water in a glass, it takes the shape of the glass. When you put water in a jar, it takes the shape of the jar. Wherever you put water in, it takes the shape. This is what this guy does. If you put him in a yellow background, he turns yellow. If you put him in a, in a brown background, he turns brown. If you, I, I've never put him on a blue surface. I'm not sure if he turns blue. But I, with his capabilities, I don't doubt it. He can turn into any color. This is what Paul is saying. Do not conform. Do not be like the people out there. They have a certain way of doing things. They have certain things that they follow. They have said, right now, there are people who are doing things for likes on Twitter, on, on Instagram, on on. on there's this platform that I don't like too much. On TikTok, they are going there. They are parading themselves for likes. And yet when you go into their own lives, they are miserable people. They are crying all night. But when they go on Twitter, they are ever, I have never seen, even if I am to look at you, all your profile pictures, if you have, you're on social media, there's no profile picture where you are crying. There's no profile picture where your hair looks like you want to break it apart. There's no profile picture where your face looks downcast. Everyone is smiling. <laughs> Everyone is holding a, wine, a, a, a glass of white wine. Everyone is standing in front of the most expensive car. Everyone is, is, is in an expensive restaurant in the middle of France. Oh, not you, Peter. I know you're going to France. Everyone <laughs> is standing, but deep down, the person is standing there smiling, but deep down the person is crying. Because things are not all right. The pattern of this world is that of frustration, anger, bitterness, and rage. And Paul is saying, do not conform to these people. Do you know there are people, I, when I was growing up, when I, when I came to Christ, there are people who would hate somebody because their best friend hates that person. And I'm like, why do you hate this person? Oh, my best friend doesn't like him. But what about you? What has he done? Oh, oh, nothing really. But because, you know, because you want to be in good books with your friends, you hate somebody for, just for the sake of hating. This is the pattern of the world. The pattern of the world is plotting revenge. Oh, I'll get them one day. You plot for months, for years, for seasons, just to get back in somebody for what they did to you when you were young. This is the pattern of the world. Nathan was talking about the pain that we went through. And 
Only now do you realize that God has been there all along. I did not realize. You know, when, when Jacob is running away from Esau, he comes to a place where he lays his head to sleep for the night. And God visits him. And when he wakes up, what does he say? God is in this place. And I did not know it. He had done wrong. He had stolen his brother's blessing. He's running away because his brother is plotting to kill him. But he realizes that God has been with him. Do you know that the reason why we are here today is because God has been with us through it all. That's why we are here. So Paul says, do not be a chameleon. Do not do what they do. When you see them performing in a certain way that is antichrist, you are not supposed to follow them. You are not supposed to put on a yellow uniform and say, oh, well, it's Saturday. It's not Sunday today, so I can be what I want. And then on Sunday, I'll be green again. I'll go to church and I'll say, oh, my life, you have been faithful. And God is saying, really? If I've been faithful, what have you been? So, do not conform. Do not be like do not be, you'd rather be different. It's okay to be different. It's okay to have your own way of thinking because God has influenced that way. It's okay to say, I don't do that anymore. It's okay to, to lose friends and gain Christ than to gain friends and lose Christ. Jesus says, what is it, what does it gain, what is of gain to you? Or what is, what good is your life if you are to gain the whole world and yet forfeit your own soul? At the end of the day, we all have a destination. We are going somewhere. Whether people believe it or not, we are going somewhere. I read articles on social media of people, whenever God is mentioned, people become angry. There's no God. There's no God. And I, I, personally, I, I, I'm no longer you know, enraged by that. Because Psalm 14 verse 1 says, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. So I just say, okay, that's a fool. Oh, that's a fool. Oh, that's a fool. That's a fool. God help that fool. God help that fool. But we have come to Christ. Let us not conform to the pattern. Let us not be identified with people who are living against God. This is what Paul says. But he says in the next, in the next uh, portion, but be transformed. Now we want to see tr what transformation is. Be transformed. Now transformation, from the word trans, now I, I normally come up with, um, with my own definition. I don't normally rely on the dictionary. It's good. But when sometimes I just, when I'm preparing a message, I say, God, give me something that I can say that will make people understand. Now, transformation, the word trans means it's in motion, isn't it? You are not in one place. So Paul is saying, be transformed. Now, conformity is simply turning to the same color as the people around you. There's no level change. There's no change. You are just becoming worse. You know, with conformity, you become worse and worse until, like the chameleon, you turn black and you die. But with the transformation, there is a motion taking place. There is a marked change in form of... Now, marked change, that one is a dictionary definition. Don't worry about it. But the trance, is, this is a change in motion. Now, a good example, I used to watch cartoons called Transformers. I know some of you know Transformers. Transformers. Now, I used to watch them when I was growing up. When Transformers were cars and they are chasing after a bad person and they come to the water, they would change into a boat. And when they, the water comes to an end and there's nothing else, they would change into an aeroplane. Now, that is transformation changing while in motion. 
Now, this is what God wants us to be, and you understand in a minute. I'm not going to be here for a long time, so don't worry. You understand in a minute. So, depending on the needs, the transformers would change to, to, to be above the circumstance that they're facing. Not to, to become part of, but to be above. Why above? Because the car travels above the ground. Because the, the boat travels above water. Because the aeroplane travels above land. So, transformation is changing to be, be above, not below, not beneath. No, God did not call us to be the below people. God called us to be people of above. That's why he says, my, th my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways higher. You see, God has called us to a higher calling. Becoming a Christian is not lowering your standard. It is leveling. It is lifting up your standard. That's why Isaiah 59, 19 says, when the devil rises up like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The idea is God wants you to remain above. All right. Another form of transformation is called metamorphosis. Now, this is metamorphosis happening here. It starts as an egg. It becomes a caterpillar. And then it becomes whatever that is chrysalis or chrysalis, depending on how you pronounce it. And then the adult comes out. And then, oh, what a beautiful butterfly. Now, imagine if this guy decides to remain an egg. And imagine if this guy decides to remain a caterpillar. We wouldn't see a beautiful butterfly if they decided to remain. Because none of these are attractive. Unless if you, are, if you are a scientist and you want to study about caterpillars. But I'm not attracted to caterpillars. I'm attracted to a butterfly. Because when it is flying, it, 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 it shows off colors that are so beautiful. You look at it and you admire it. But the butterfly did not wake up a butterfly. It started off as an egg. Now, I've put this example for you to understand what transformation is and what God is looking at, what God is expecting of us. God is expecting us to change the way we live, to change the way we think, to change the way we talk, to change the way we behave. He's expecting us to do that. He's expecting us to rise above storms. I was talking to my friends about the eagle. When there's a storm, the eagle does not fly in the storm. It flies above the storm. The eagle has been the only bird empowered by God to go above the storm. When the storm is hitting Chelsea, the eagle will be flying at peace above the storm. It, it can glide there for hours until the storm comes to an end and it comes back dry. God wants you to be above the storm. God wants you to be above every bad, evil thing that has happened in your life. God wants you to be above because he is above. Isaiah 40 says God, he, he, he brings his mat, you know, his mat, and he spreads it above the circle of the earth, and he sits there. He's high above. Isaiah chapter 6, he says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on his throne, and his robe, the train of his robe, he's filling up the temple, and the seraphim and cherubim, 
We're flying to and fro, crying out, holy, 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 Lord God. He did not see the Lord seated in hell. God is not in hell. God is above in heaven. And Paul says to, to in, in, in Colossians chapter 2, he says, in chapter 3 rather, he says, since then you have been risen with Christ. You have been raised up with Christ. You know, set your minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So your mind has to be above. But in order for this transformation to happen, the next one is very, very important. The next one. This is the key to transformation. The key to transformation is renewal of the mind. Now, I will tell you something. When you bring your life to Jesus, you have heard this before, I know. I know, because you are not ordinary people. When you, bring, when you come to Christ, your soul is saved. But your mind is not. That's why even when you are sitting there, you can remember every evil thing that was done to you. Every, and, and whenever you, you, you think of something that somebody did, you start getting angry, don't you? Your emotions are aroused. Even if you're enjoying the meal, you throw the fork down, you throw the fork down, and you go to bed. Because the mind does not get saved. The mind is, is much bigger than any computer in the world. When you talk of terabytes, I don't think, the, I, don't think I, can, I, can, I can, you know, compare the terabytes of this world to what the mind can carry. The mind has a great memory. God has created the mind, and no scientist can ever be able to imitate what God has done. The mind carries files and files of things. That's why you can actually remember what you were like when you were four years old. And right now, you're probably in your 80s. But you know exactly what you were wearing, exactly what happened, exactly what car you used, exactly, exactly how this, this, this wicked mother beat you up. You can remember because the mind keeps all those things. What the mind does is, it works in this way. It uses what you call giggle. You put garbage in, you get garbage out. That, that's how the mind works. Or the one that I found by myself, Tito. You put treasure in, you get treasure out. So whatever the mind feeds on is what it brings out. That's why the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you feed this mind, this mind controls the whole body. This mind will tell you, no, that person who is coming there, you remember what you did when you were in year 11. You remember that person? Don't forget. Don't forget. And the moment the person approaches you, you are already prepared for a fight. You are prepared for the police to be called because of the mind. And a lot of us here have been beaten because of our own minds. We thought we could beat them, but oh, they ended up beating us. Because we're so enraged. Oh, I can do it. And then when you got, received one blow, you realized, no, I can't do it. The mind can cause people to do stupid things, can cause people to even commit suicide. It's the mind. I can imagine, you know, twice ever since I started living here, I've seen people in Greenland trying to throw themselves onto the M25. When I walk by that flyover, I get scared. The cars are moving down there very fast. I can imagine somebody is standing on the edge wanting to throw themselves down. The mind is saying you can do it. It won't be painful. Oh, don't lie to me. It will be painful. So the mind, whatever we feed it is what we get out. 
And so Paul says, because the mind cannot get saved, there's something that we can do in order for us to renew the mind. Now, to renew, renewal means making new again. What it basically means is when you, at one point, this mind was new. But then the world's events and things started happening and this mind was filled up with lots of things that caused disruption to the whole system. Just like a heat wave causes disruption to the whole transport network, the mind can cause disruption to the whole body network. Everything gets disrupted. Your life gets ruined. But then God has given us a way out. The mind has to go back to factory settings. If you go on your mobile phone, there's somewhere where it says, restore factory settings. And you know very well that you can't press that button. Especially if all your files are in that phone. Because when you press it, it will ask you, are you sure you want to do this? And if you say yes, it will tell you all your files and everything else will be deleted. Continue with a question mark. If you say yes, everything is erased. God wants everything in our minds to be erased and to start afresh. But you cannot just erase the mind and leave it blank. Otherwise, you'll be dead. It means whatever is in our minds has to be replaced by something. Now, whenever we start bringing something new, we start erasing the old things. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, the old is gone. Behold, all things are new. Now, the all things are new is that the mind now needs to be renewed. And the one and only way of renewing the mind is through feeding it with the word of God. Because in the first place, the mind has been fed with the things of the world. That is why some people are hateful. That is why some people are always in grief. That is why some people, I don't blame you honestly, you have lost your loved one maybe 14, 15 years ago, but up to now you are still grieving. It's because of the mind. The mind doesn't want to let go of the past. But there's one way that God has provided for us. It is to feed from the word of God. Now, this becomes treasure in, and treasure will come out. If you want to be transformed, you have to feed your mind with the word of God. Now, why does Paul say He says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Now, God's will is simple, ladies and gentlemen. God's will is his word. There is nowhere else you will find God's will. You will not find it in the Bank of England. You will not find it in the Westminster House of Commons. You will find the will of God in his word. This is the only antidote for the renewal of the mind. But you have, and I know Keith talked about it, you have to discipline yourself to say, I'm going to feed my mind anew, and I'm going to start now the word of God. Now, let me tell you something that, and I know it's not only peculiar in Africa, it's also here. When you read any other thing, you can read until midnight, no problem. But when you start reading the word, then you start feeling sleepy. I know most of you have experienced that before. You are reading the newspaper. You are reading a magazine. You are reading on Twitter. You, you cannot sleep. Oh, I want to know what happened. Oh, but when you start reading the word, somehow, some people have actually found an excuse to sleep. Read the Bible. You want to have a good night's sleep? Start reading the Bible. So they are not reading it in order to be renewed. They are reading it in order to sleep. But you must be careful that when you sleep, you don't wake up. All right. 
So the only way that transformation can come is when our mind is renewed. And the only way that this mind can be renewed is by digging into the word of God. The Holy Spirit is waiting for people who are, you know, in motion to transform. And the Holy Spirit will come and will touch you and will take you out and you will become a person of above, not a person of below. But you have to discipline yourself by starting to read the word. So the conformity is bad news. Bad news brings conformity. Bad news bring, makes you conform. You don't want to be seen as different. Otherwise, people will begin. You know, most people don't want to be opposed. They, all, they want people to agree with them. The moment people oppose them, they think, ah, oh, no, I think I'm doing the wrong thing. No. Let all the people oppose you, but if God is supporting you, then I would rather be opposed by the whole world. But good news brings transformation, which is raising standards. God wants us as his children to live above the people of this world. That's why when people were asking me back home, not that I'm a politician and I don't even want to be a politician, but somebody asked me, would you be a president of the country? I said, that's a demotion. <laughs> I don't want to be a president. That's a demotion. Because those people need me to pray for them. So why should I become them? I'm above them. I hear from God on their behalf. <laughs> so I'm great. I can imagine Elijah wanting to be a king. Be like Ab. Honestly. When he would go to Mount Carmel and challenge Ab, come up here with your false prophets and you will prove who the real God is. I would rather be Elijah than be Ab. So, what happens is when you start studying the word. Now, Keith mentioned this. You gain knowledge. And knowledge results in the fear of God. Now, when you begin to fear God, what happens with the fear of God is also not written there, but if you read between the lines, the fear of God is the fear of sinning because you are afraid of the wrath of God. When I was a child, I, know what my, I knew what my mom did not want me to do and I would not do it because I knew and she always had a way of finding out. She always, I don't know, women are so blessed. They know, they know. Oh, my dad would never know because my dad was never around anyway, but my mom would know. And I could not hide it from her. She would tell, you did something. So the only way to avoid the wrath of my mom was to do what my mom says. If she says no eating in the neighbor's house, it doesn't matter how good the food was at my neighbor's house, I would have to watch and just swallow my saliva like this. And say, I wish I could, but mommy's rules cannot be broken. So, the knowledge makes you fear God, and fear of God results in more knowledge and wisdom. This is what God wants us to be. He wants us to know him and to fear him, and when we fear him, we we'll increase in knowledge and wisdom. That's all God wants from us. He doesn't want anything else. He wants you to be transformed, to become a God-fearer, a God-fearing person, a person who puts God first before anything else. Let us come to an end. This is the last one. This is what God wants. So, Conformity versus transformation. So conformity, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, you can read it in your own time. But Paul says in the last days, people will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Oh, people love money these days. Everyone wants to be associated with money these days. It's about money, 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 nothing else. So people have become lovers of money. Haters 
idolaters, disobedient to parents, having a form of godliness but denying its power. This is what Paul says. So conformity, this is what comes from conformity, bitterness. When you find yourself being bitter, it's, being, it's conforming to the pattern of the world. When you are we're full of rage, hatred, evil inclination, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God saw that the human race it becomes so evil because the inclination of their heart was evil all the time. Whenever people think evil all the time, it's conformity. Conforming to the pattern of the father of lies who is the devil. Greed, disrespect, and a heart of stone. A heart that does not feel sorry. If you step on a child and the child is, oh, you stepped on me. Oh, shut up. You are in my way. <laughs> it's a heart of stone. But with transformation, Galatians chapter 5, 22, 24. Need I read that today? No. We have heard it over and over again. Forgiveness. Instead of bitterness, you forgive. Instead of rage, you are gentle. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 15 verse 1. Instead of hatred, you love. You love even those people that don't love you back. Believe me, when I was growing up, I had people who loved me for what I had, not for who I was. When I had money, I had a lot of people coming. Brothers from church. Oh, brother, brother. And when I, I would buy them stuff and things and they would eat and enjoy. And when I was broke, no one would come to me. But because of the love of Christ, I had to learn to love them. If in, in spite of that, I don't even hate one of them. They hate me a lot, but no, I said I will not be like them. Because I have been saved by Christ. They did not save me. They don't have any heaven to take me to, but Jesus has. Holy living, that's testing and approving of the good, pleasing. You cannot know the will of God if you don't know the mind of God. And the mind of God is the word of God. Being considerate, instead of being greedy, you are generous. Oh, when it comes to generosity, you people are generous. I praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Very generous. You look out for others. Continue in that spirit. Amen. Respect and reverence. This is also when you are transformed, you respect everyone. Irrespective of who they are, you respect them, young or old. And lastly, you have a heart of flesh. You feel what people feel. You know, Jesus felt what we felt. That's why he came here. He felt the pain. He felt the, 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 the bitterness. He felt it when he hung on that tree. He felt it. And he said, Father, it is finished. And everything changed. Our story changed. So when you have a heart of flesh, you are willing to do more for people. You are willing to go out of your way for other people. These things, when you see the world going out of their way, they are doing it for a show. They are doing it for likes on Twitter. But you are doing it for likes from above. And if ever I want likes, I want God to say to me on that day, well done, good and faithful servant. That's all I want. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I, when Norbert speaks, he speaks from the heart and he brings the word which has transformed him already. You can see that he's, this isn't just an academic exercise for him, is it? This is God's word has transformed him. So what I'm going to ask him to do is just pray over us that there'll be a sense of impartation of what God's done within him, that it would be just go out to each one of us. I want to receive some of that. You, you are a living example of allowing God's word to transform you. And so I want you to pray over us. Is that okay? So if you are willing... Just open your hearts, your hands, and receive uh, what Norbert will pray over us, okay? My Father in heaven, my Father who is here with us, 
Thank you this afternoon for this time. I pray for my fellow believers, my fellow brothers and sisters. Let your word transform their lives. Let your word come alive in them. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of the Lord is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It pierces right to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow. It is a discerner of the intentions and the thoughts of the heart. I pray, let your word prick us this morning. Let your word become alive and active in us. Let your word go down to the, let it separate the bones and the marrow, the spirit and the soul, and let it bring us out of us the goodness, the glory, the beauty, and the favor of God. And let all who see us see your favor written on our hearts. See your favor written on our faces. See your grace written all over us. And may they follow because we are living in the light. I pray for this blessing upon these beautiful people that you have called in the name of Jesus. Amen.